Alrighty, we are on the very bottom of Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph 31a. We are about to analyze many different verses um, describing the story of Chana. Chana was a woman who desperately wanted a child and wasn't able to for quite a while. And finally, she has this very desperate prayer at the temple. And the high priest at the time mistakes her for being drunk. And eventually she, and from that episode, she does, um, she does become pregnant and gives birth to Shmuel, Samuel the prophet. So we are now going to analyze that prayer and that episode of her prayer to learn a lot of important insights when it comes to our own prayer and in general other things as well. So we're at Amar Rav Hamnuna, the last colon on 31a, one, two, three, four lines from the bottom. Said, How many big or significant laws can we learn, can we infer from these verses that deal with Chana? The first verse, describes Chana when she was praying that she was speaking on her heart. So from here we see that somebody that is praying, their heart must be focused. The verse also says, Rax Faseha Naos, only her lips were moving. From here we learn that somebody that is praying needs to make sure that their lips are enunciating the words. The verse says, her voice was not able to be heard. So from here we learn, that when saying the Amida, you're not allowed to raise your voice, your voice should not be heard. We know that Eli, the um, the alien, sorry, Eli, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest at the time, thought that Chana was drunk when she saw when he saw her praying. So Eli um, Eli thought that she was drunk. From here we see that somebody that is drunk is not allowed to pray. They have to wait till they sober up. Um, we're going to keep on going. And Eli said to her, until when are you going to be drunk? Or when's this junk? You know, this is inappropriate what you're doing. When are you going to stop being drunk? Omar Belazer, Belazer says, we see from here, Mikan, from here we see, for somebody that sees their friend or in their friend or with their friend, we're now on 31B. Davar Shainohagun, something that is not appropriate. So meaning you see something that is not you see that your friend is doing or has some sort of inappropriate character characteristic. we see that you need to rebuke them, right? You should be honest and blunt, just as Eli was with Chana. Now Chana answers back to Eli and says, No, my master, um, I'm not drunk, is the next part. Amar Ula Ula says, and some say it was Rabbi Yosef Rachanina, what exactly was that word no that Han- Hannah was, was sharing, that Hannah was sharing with Eli? It was lo adon ata bedavarzeh, the lo ruach hakodesh shora eilecha, sh'ata choshdeni ba'davarzeh. She was saying, you aren't a master of the spirit. I'm sorry, you aren't a master in this type of matter of, 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 of people, you don't understand people, 
and you don't have the spirit of holy, the Holy Spirit upon you, that you thought that I was drunk, that you thought something like this about me. How could how could you think this that I, that I was drunk? Aren't you more intuitive and more um, insightful than that? Because the Amri and some say, Hachi Amrila, this is what Chana said to him. Lo Adonata, are you not a master? Lav do you not have the divine presence and the Holy Spirit upon you? Shidantani lechav chova, that you judged me um, negatively, velodantani lechav sechos, and you did not judge me positively in my favor. Don't you know that I am a very bitter person? I'm a very bitter spirited woman because of my situation. How could you have thought of me like that? So that's what Hannah was telling Eli. So then Chana goes on to say, Wine nor beer did I drink. Amar Belaz, Belazar says, Mikan, from here we see, if someone suspects you of something, so you are being suspected of doing something inappropriate. Sheinbo, something that you actually didn't do. So they're they're suspecting you, um, they're suspecting you falsely. So we see from here that you should tell the person that suspects you what the reality is. You shouldn't just let them think negatively of you. You should actually share with them that I actually didn't do anything negative. I actually didn't do anything inappropriate, just as we see with Chana, who told Ailey, Ailey, you thought I was drunk. I actually didn't drink any wine or beer. Okay, we're going to keep on going. Chana said to Ailey, do not place your maidservant or me... Um, as somebody that does not have the yoke of heaven upon them. Amar Belazer, Belazer says, Mikan, from here we see, Mikan Lashikor, from here we see that it's somebody that is drunk, Shemespalo, that prays while they're drunk. Kilu Obed Avodazar, it says, if they had served idolatry. Why does, what do we, how, where do we see that from that verse where Chana says, don't make me into somebody that is a Baspliyal, someone without a yoke? Because it says by here, here where Hannah was saying that don't think of me as someone without the yoke of heaven. And that was meaning I didn't drink and therefore don't think of, I, I'm not praying at, while I am drunk and therefore do not think of me as somebody that does not have the yoke of heaven. So we use that interesting word, basblial or blial, somebody without the yoke, which we don't find much throughout scriptures. And it says by somebody that, um, worships idolatry, that um, these men without the yoke came out from amongst you and they were the ones that went and served idolatry. So we see that the use of, of uh, we see that use each time of this very unique word of Bliyal, somebody without the yoke of heaven. And we're basically saying that the unique, the, the usage of that unique word in those two distinct locations tells us that there's a connection, that the, that somebody that prays while they are drunk, it's as if they worshiped idolatry. Malahalana uh, Vodazar, just like in the case of, in the second verse that we just quoted, it was a reference to people that are um, worshiping a Vodazar, idolatry, kind of Vodazar, af kind of Vodazar, so to here, um, we are liking it to somebody that worshiped idolatry. Somebody that prayed drunk, we're liking it to somebody that worshiped idolatry. Okay, so Eli sees that Chana is sincere and says, go in peace, Chana. So from here we see from Eli's words to Chana, we see that somebody that suspects their colleague, their friend, uh, somebody that suspects their friend about something, 
she'imbo that doesn't really exist, so you suspect them falsely, and shetzarachafai, so that you must appease them. So that's why Eli said, go in peace. For Oda, not only that, el shetzarachavarcha, you actually have to bless them. Shenemar, as we see by Eli. Ve'elokei Yisrael yitain es she'elaseich, or she'elaseich. Eli tells Chana, gives Chana a blessing. May the God of Israel grant you your request. Okay, so now we are um, at the colon, the first colon on 31b, a couple of lines before the lines get very wide. So we're 31b, Lamed Aleph, Amad Beis. All right, so now we're going to continue on with Chana. Vatidar neder vatomer Hashem tzivakos. So she made a vow. And she said, Lord, Master of Legions, an interesting, um, an interesting way to describe God, Sivakos, Master of Legions. Amar Belazar, Rabbi Lazar said, Miyom Shabarak, Hadash Baruch Hu Esalamo, from the day that the Holy One, Blessed Be He, um, created the world. There is no one that called God the Master of Legions, use that interesting word, Sivakos. Until Chana came and called God Master of Legions. Now, what exactly was Chana trying to get at when she uses that descript that that name for God? So Chana was telling God, Ribono Shaola, Master of the Universe, of all of the legions upon legions that you created, in your world. Is it so difficult for you to give me one child? What is th- so there's a parable that, that, that this is very similar to. It would be as if a king of flesh and blood that made a fa- that made a suda, that made a meal, uh, a feast for his servants. And a poor person came. One poor person came and stood at the entranceway. And he said to them, Give me one piece of bread. And they just ignore him. So he pushes his way in and he goes in front of the king. And he says to the king exactly the same concept. Master, my master, the king. Taking into account this huge feast that you made, is it so difficult for you to give me one loaf of bread, one piece of bread? So it's that very same concept that Chana was sharing with God. Then Chana goes on to say, If you see, now, if you see, if you see, or if you shall surely see, in other words, What's going on here is Hannah saying, like, take note of my suffering, but uses a double language of, of take note or of, of see, of witness my suffering. And the question is, is why the double language? Amr Belazar, so Belazar explains, Amr Chana said before God, Ribono Shalom, Master of the Universe, Im Ra'o Mutav, if you see my suffering good, meaning if you see and then respond to my suffering with a child, then good. The imlav tireh, and if not, you will see. In other words, what she's saying, elech ve'estater bifne el kana bali. She says, if not, if you don't give me a child, I'm going to go, and I'm going to um, seclude myself with another man in front of Elkanah, my husband. And what will happen is, is Elkanah 
Well, then, if I'm secluded with another man, Elkanah will have no choice but to suspect that I have been adulterous. And he will then take me to drink the special sota water. Right? When it comes to a woman that is suspected of adultery, and there's very good reason to suspect of adultery, um, in order to, there was a little test that she could take in the temple, which consisted of her drinking the sota water, which was water mixed in with the name, with a paper, with the name of parchment, with the name of God, and it would dissolve into the water and would give it almost magical, a magical, um, it would make the water almost magical. And what would happen is, is that if she had been adulterous and drinks this water, then the water would act as a poison and it would kill her. But if it doesn't, so now let's read a little bit more. And because I secluded myself, I will seclude myself. They will make me drink the water of the sota, which I just described. And because I'm actually innocent, I just secluded myself with a man. I didn't actually commit adultery. So if somebody drinks the water and does not die, in other words, they're found to be innocent, then the blessing that is given to them by God, by the Torah, is that they will have children. So so now Chana saying and you cannot make your Torah into a lie. So you're gonna have to give me a child because I'll have drank the sota water. I won't have died. Obviously, I'm innocent. And then your Torah says that that um, I will get the blessing of a child. And you can't make your Torah into a lie, as the verse says. Shenemar, as the verse says, Zara, she will be found to be innocent and she will have a child so basically Hannah was saying either give me a child or i'm going to force your hand god so now we're going to just kind of do something tangential on this concept of that um if she's found innocent if a woman who drinks the may sota the sota water is found innocent then she will be blessed with the child so let's talk that we're going to talk about that concept so this all makes sense that if the blessing that she receives, if she's found to be innocent, is that if she was barren, she will be remembered and become pregnant, then that makes sense. That was Hannah's ultimatum to God. But according to the opinion that says that really the blessing was is that if she was a woman that used to that used to give birth um, with a lot of suffering, now she'll give birth in a more comfortable way. Nikavos, you'll let us or if in the past she had daughters, now she'll be granted a son. Shechorim, you'll let us or if they were, um, if they were darker in their, if their skin tone was darker, now they'll be lighter. Ksarim, you'll let us Arukim, or if they were particularly short, then the blessing would be is that the their next child will be taller. My Ikalamemar. So if those are the types of blessings that they receive, someone that drinks the wa- sota water and is innocent, then what exactly was Hannah's ultimatum? Ultimatum. There was no the blessing that you receive upon being found innocent is not that if you were had no child you will now have a child. It's that if your previous children have been one way, now your previous now your next children will be a different way. Or if your pregnancy had been one way, your pregnancy will be different. So what exactly would Hannah be telling God according to that opinion of the blessing that a woman receives after being found innocent? And now we're going to 
to quickly show the brisa where this argument as to what the blessing is that a woman receives after being found innocent, what the blessing really is. The Tanya, as we learned in a brisa, she will be found to be innocent and she will bear a child. Melamed, so this teaches us, that if she was barren, she will now be remembered with a child. Those are the words of Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva said to him, Im Kain, if what you are saying is correct, that this is a way for a barren woman to have a child, then all barren women will just go and seclude themselves with another man. And if she hadn't actually committed adultery, Kilkla means um, Kilkla means um, if she actually didn't sin, she will be remembered with a child. So that's what everybody's going to do. And you're going to end up having all these barren women seclude themselves with um, with men that are not their husbands. Elo Malame, rather it must be that what the verse is really telling us is that if she was a woman that was accustomed to giving birth in a very difficult way, it would be easier or if she was if, if her children were particularly short they would be taller or if they were particularly dark they'll be a little bit lighter um, if she is if usually she gives birth to one child at a time now she'll give birth to twins um, now she'll give birth to to twins so what according to that opinion so now the question is, is, according to that opinion, what exactly would Hannah have been telling God? What was this ultimatum? Ultimatum, As the Gemara is now going to ask, what is that double language of if you see, you will see. If you take note, you will take note. Meaning, which we explain to mean as an ultimatum, ultimatum to God. But according to this other opinion, what does that double language mean? Chana was just, the Torah was just talking in the way that people talk. And sometimes people repeat words um, in order to make it more dramatic. And that's all that was going on there. There's no, there's no lesson. There's nothing to learn. There's no particular lesson to learn from this. Um, okay, let's go further. Um, we're going to go a little further in the discussion of Chana's prayer and the whole episode of Chana. So the verse says, Ba'aniyamasecha. So Chana, um, in one point, says, of the suffering of your maidservant, lo do not forget your maidservant, and give to your maidservant. So we see that Chana refers to herself three times as a maidservant of God. Why do we hear this three this three time repeated or this three times said um, concept that Chana refers to herself as a maidservant. So Amr Chana So what Chana was saying in front of God was Ribanu Shalom, Master of the Universe. Shlosha bidke misa barasa isha. There are three bidke misa, bid, three searchers of death that you created for a woman. The Amrila and some say Shlosha divke misa three connections to death that you created for a woman. In other words, a woman has three very, very significant um, responsibilities, Jewish responsibilities, amongst others, but three primary, three prime um, Jewish responsibilities. And we're calling them here that they're so significant that 
you know, without them, death is at your doorstep. You know, they're, you know, they're very, very significant. What are they? What are they? They are Nida, um, the whole mikvah and menstruation cycle, the Chala and the making and separating of Chala, the Hadlaka Sener and lighting the candles on Friday night. And what Chana was saying, the three times of I am your maidservant is, I never... I've never veered from any one of those three once in my life. I've never transgressed one of those, God. Please give me a child. Okay, we're going to go a little bit further. And give to your maidservant um, a, the offspring of man. Now, that's an interesting word. It's an interesting word to use. Offspring of man. Is that a male offspring? If it's male offspring, then there would have been a better word to use. My zera anashim. What does it mean when you say the offspring of man? So Amarav, Rav says, Gavra beguvrin. It just means a man among men. Ushmul, Amar Shmuel says, Zera shemosheach shnei anashim. So it's actually a reference to a man who will anoint two other men which was basically Chana having some sort of little prophecy, Uman Inun, and who were they? Shaul the David, King Saul and King David, because it is Shmuel the prophet, the son of Chana, that ends up anointing both of those men as king over the Jewish people. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Zer um, Give me a offspring that is equal to two men. Uman Inun, and who would that be? Again, this would be Chana, it's giving some sort of prophecy as she's talking to God. Um, now, Shmuel, her son, her son, which two men was he equal to? Umaninun, who were those two men? Moshe and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, his brother, Shmuel, the prophet, was equal to Moshe and Aaron. Shinemar, as the verse says, Moshe and Aaron, as it says, it was Moshe and Aaron with his priests. Ushmuel, the Koresh Shmuel, and Shmuel, with those that called out God's name. So we see that Moshe and Aaron are on one side and Shmuel's on the other side and they are considered equal. The Rabban and Amri and the sages say, what does it mean? Offspring of man. Zera Anoshim. What does it mean? Offspring of man. Zera Shemuvla Bein Anoshim. This means offspring that kind of is absorbed into men. In other words, it's a somebody that won't stand out much because what Chana was asking for was somebody that won't stand out much so that there's never an evil eye about that person, about his, her son. When someone stands out, then people could become jealous and an evil eye can develop. Uh, we could talk more about an evil eye at a different time. Ki also Ravdimi Omar Ravdimi came. He said, Lo Aroch, it just means uh, what he means, what he's explaining it is that it's like an average person, someone amongst men, someone that's just average. Lo aroch, velo goat, someone that's not tall or not short, velo katan and not small, velo elame, um, velo alam, sorry, and not, um, so not small and not, um, and not overweight, velo tzachor, velo gichor, not someone that's pale and not someone that's extra dark, velo chacham, velo tipesh, not someone that's too smart or too dumb, just an average person, that's what Chana was asking for, and the concept would be the same. She just didn't want someone that would stand out because then an evil eye could come their way. Okay, we're going to stop here because we've done a lot. Um, and what we basically talked about was all of the different lessons we learned from Chana's prayer and the entire episode of Chana. And we will continue with that on Wednesday. Um, 
have a great day.